Father, we worship you, we praise you, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the love that you have for us. We thank you that you loved us so much that even beyond our own fault, you sent your only son to give of his blood to pay for a sin that we could not pay. To give us hope. Hope in a future. It's so much more than that. To give us hope in a friendship. Hope in a relationship that you intended with each and every one of your creation. But because love would not allow it to be forced, you gave it as a choice. I thank you, God, that you didn't force love. It breaks my heart for those who would not choose it. But it would break my heart more if it did not even exist. The fundamental requirement of relationship is choice. Choice on both sides. You had already chosen us. Thank you for allowing us to choose you. Because we have chosen your son. My best friend. Thank you, Jesus, for being a conqueror. For you conquered death. Even now you sit at the right hand of your father. as he literally makes your enemies your footstool. I thank you, Jesus. I do pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you speak through me what it is that you want. Nothing of myself. I will not shy away from what you lay on my heart. Give me courage. Give me boldness. Give me eyes to see as you see. For I do not take your voice lightly. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So excited because last night on the prayer call I prayed that we would be all here this morning, that this ridiculous sickness junk would be behind us. <coughs> Sorry. I still have a little cough. But aside from that, 
feel great. I hope each of you do too, and I love to see all the faces here this morning, because I'll be real honest with you, this week has been a tough week for me. The Lord shows me his heart. He shows me his heart in the people that I look at, in the people that I meet, the people that I talk to. He shows me his heart for what I see going on around in this country, in this world. And I'll be real honest with you, this week has been a tough week to know his heart. Not a tough week to figure out his heart. It's been all too plain to me. It's been a tough week to recognize that what he feels about what is going on about this country specifically is hard. It's hard to digest. And I was talking to him about that last night and this morning. First of all, earlier in the week, I, I just pleaded with him to be clear to me about his heart, about his feelings. Because this week was an anniversary of something that, well, I'll get into that in a minute. Because it was great the next day, because that was my wife's birthday. But the Lord did make his heart clear. I did ask him, because I was having these insane visions. And this overall feeling, I don't, I don't have a better way to put it except the word rage. I don't know how to express it any differently than that. And that's what I went to the Lord about. As a group of us went before him, I asked him, if those were his feelings, if what I was feeling was him, he said, yes. There is a rage that he is feeling for what is going on. It's hard to think of that when you think of so much of the bride thinks of, well, God's just this, this meadows and flower kind of a guy over here. And, and whenever we want to get over there, we get to be there with him. You have to cut out about two-thirds of the word of God if you want to believe that that is all God is. Because God is righteous. God is just. And this week, the anniversary that I'm talking about is January 6th. And I'll tell you what, there is so much hype about this day on TV, it makes me sick. And I have an authority to speak about it. Not only an authority from God, but I was there. I was there on January 6th. I was there in the crowd listening to Donald Trump speak. I remember the feelings of that day. And by the way, I wasn't one of a few tens of thousands. 
there were hundreds of thousands of people there. I've been to the mall many times, and I've been there for speeches. I've been there for gatherings. I've been there for different things. I have never seen in my life the number of people that were gathered there at that time. I remember how even the media at the time would play that down. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know. They play it down all they want. I was there. And so was, I can't even remember how many we had, six or seven of us were there. And I'm sure many others. We listened to the, the speech I remember the feelings of that day. I remember standing next to that weird guy with the horns. Thinking, this guy's got to be cold. Put on a shirt or something. You know, let's not be stupid. Please don't represent me. (laughs) Right? But I remember the feelings of the day. The feelings of the day were not anger. The feelings of the day was not rage. I, I know I'll speak for myself. The feeling of the day was hope. The feeling of the day was expectation. I remember sitting there and listening to the speech and thinking in my mind that the next thing we do will be that we march down to the Capitol. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. I expected to hear another speech when we were down at the Capitol. I fully expected that what would move forward is what was right to move forward for we, the people. That because of all of the questions that were unanswered, about the election, all the evidence that had been presented and stifled in court, all these things would not stop what God wanted to do. So I had expectation of going there, and I didn't know who was going to speak. I, I kind of thought it would be Mike Pence. Because if you recall, they were in the Capitol at that time deciding to certify the election results. And he had the power to stop that certification to bring it to a point of investigation. Fully expected that. Fully did. I know, I know others here did too. So when we finished with Donald Trump's speech, or actually it was even a little bit before he finished, because I didn't want to get so far behind down at the Capitol because there wasn't as much room down there. We, we started walking, and there were, I mean, there were tons of people walking down. Let me tell you the mood. The mood wasn't, we're going to go down there, and we're going to take control, and we're going to this, and we're going to that. Do you know what we were doing? We were praying, yes. We were singing. We were singing hymns. We were singing uh, just different things, walking down with the expectation that today will be a day of victory. I remember that. It wasn't, 
about going down there and being part of some big insurrection. Probably shouldn't tell you how I feel about that because I'm online. By the way, guys, insurrection's coming. A chance to stand is coming. To stand for what's right, that's coming. For many of us, it's already here. But the rage, in my opinion, in my heart, in my mind, God's rage was not because of what happened that day in the Capitol. Now, I'm not going to defend that, because we went down there, waited, and I'm looking, I'm thinking, okay, all that scaffolding, that doesn't look like a stage. You know, I'm expecting, okay, where's somebody going to come out and speak? We're down there, it's cold. And so we're waiting, and we're kind of watching our phones, and nothing's happening. And people are coming down, and people are starting to get worked up, whatever. And we had a house about, I think it was two or three blocks away. And I, I just, can you not hear me? It's just cracking a lot. It's hitting your shirt. Oh, it's hitting my shirt? Is that better? Yeah. Anybody got duct tape? <laughs> we do. Tape it to my face. <clears throat> so I remember at the time thinking, it's about lunchtime. And, okay, if somebody's going to come out and speak, then, then we'll have time to get back here quick if we just kind of watch it on, on TV. Let, let's go back to the house. We had a house a couple blocks away. And, and let's just go back and have lunch. And so we did. And, and thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you for taking us from that place. Because I wouldn't have wanted to be part of going into the Capitol. However, I'm not going to defend it. I'm also not going to reject it. Because it is the result of sin. It is the result of a defamation of what this country is supposed to stand for, and that is being one nation under God, under the God. The defamation happened long before January 6th of last year. The defamation has happened over the last 50 years. The defamation has happened when politicians have stood up in that court and proclaimed a verse from God, from his word, and then claimed it for their own unrighteousness. That's the defamation. Do you know January 6th was simply a result of it no longer being God's house? Do you understand that that house is not the senator's home. It's not the representative's home. Do you know whose house that is? 
peoples. The peoples, exactly. We the people. That's us. It's our house. It's what represents us and what we move forward as a nation in. God this week had me pull something out. And and really, if you guys don't want, don't have one of these, please get one. Amazon, buck seventy-five. Everybody can get one. If you don't have a constitution in the United States, then get one. Keep it handy. Read it. I'm not going to ask for hands because most people have never actually read this. But I want to encourage you to read it. It's really tiny. It's really small. This, This is the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, along with all the amendments and everything. It's not that long, but the Lord told me to pull it out and read it. I'm going to read to you the beginning of the Constitution. Just the first opening couple of sentences. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, To establish justice. To ensure domestic tranquility. To provide for the common defense. To promote the general welfare. And to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Or those who come after us, our children. To ordain and establish the Constitution for the United States of America. How'd that start? We the people. We the people is what started this movement in this country that God ordained for him to be one nation under him. I've said it before to my knowledge in all of history. We're the only nation. That chose God. God chose Israel. And brought Israel up. Into a nation. But we are the only nation as. Again to my understanding to my knowledge. That has chosen God in its inception. And this is not whatever God you want to serve. We're one nation under a God. We're not that. We're under the God. In fact, if you read on further in this, it explains who God is. It says the Creator. There's only one Creator. And that's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the God whom we serve. That's who we believe in. That is the Father who sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. Back when the Constitution was written, we were in troubling times. In fact, if you read, and I will, just the beginning of the second part of this, the Declaration of Independence. (coughs) And remember, this was 250 years ago or so. Right, where we were at as a country 
was we were colonies then, and we were effectively owned. I, I don't know that you could use that word, but we were owned by England, by Britain, right? And they had the rule over us. The king there had the rule. And what had the rule in England was the state church. The state church mandated everything that went on. And part of the problem here was you had all these people here in the, in the 13 colonies, and they, they came here for the purpose of worshiping as they feel they are to worship. That was what brought them here. That was what William Penn literally prayed for in the birth of a new nation. By the way, William Penn was the one who originated the structure of our Constitution. It's interesting. Just go, go study history. That same William Penn was the one who would go into the, uh, into the woods for days at a time to pray. Read his journals. To pray for a nation that would believe in the Lord, that would literally follow him. That is the root of who we are as a people. We the people. How have we gotten so far away from that? See, back then it got so bad, the oppression and the control got so bad on England's part that we had to let them know you no longer have Control, because it was never your birthright from the beginning. That was done. It was we the people then. What happened to we the people now? I want to read you the beginning of the Declaration of Independence and tell me if this is not eerie in your hearing. If, if what was going on then does not eerily feel like it is going on now. I'm just going to read the first few paragraphs of this. <clears throat> when in the course, and, and really listen to the words, apply them to where we're at right now. This was the document that literally said, we will not be under tyrannical rule any longer. No matter what it costs us, we will do what is right before the Lord. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impede them to the separation." We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator 
with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are... Now, by the way, notice there, the declaration is not saying that these are rights given to us by this nation. If they were given by this nation, they could be taken away by this nation. But this declaration is saying that these are rights given to us by Creator God. Not just a God. Not some God that we choose, make some little statue and worship. It's not that. It's by the God. The Creator of the universe, God. Those are the inalienable rights and from whom it's given. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. I want to encourage you to get that. Read the whole thing. Go on. Because what it's saying is and, and this is 250 years ago, guys. This is not something that has to be done now. We're not pulling away from some tyrannical nation that wants to control us. It's our nation. We are we the people. The bride has gotten it in her head for far too long that, that she is not to have a voice. That's wrong. That's incorrect. That is not of God. That is of Satan himself. So when I listen to the anniversary things on January 6th, it just makes me sick. It wasn't an insurrection. But God is bringing an insurrection. It is not coming from people that will take up arms. Let me be clear. This is not about going and, and getting your guns and make sure you have lots of ammo and all this. Those aren't the nuances I'm talking about. God will bring the destruction. God will bring that war. 
Last week something was released that is coming upon this nation and upon the world that we will see very, very soon. If you missed it, go listen to the end of last week. God told me a year and a half ago that in this second woe, a third of the world would come to their demise. It would come in three ways. The sword, creation, and pestilence. Pestilence is what was released last week. I can't tell you more about that because I only do and speak what the Lord tells me to speak. But I can tell you that he will bring the destruction. That isn't something we have to do. But we do have to stand. We do have to use our voices because we are still the people. And do you know there's a lot of people out there living in fear because they don't have a voice. They also don't know that there is anybody who would stand up for them. Sadly, that's the majority. And yet what is coming is God uniting those people. You know what else he has had on my heart this whole week, all week, and I've seen vision after vision of it, which I I won't share, but I will say this, because I don't know the timing. The Lord said he'll tell me the timing when it is time, but he has said to release this. The Lord said that when Joe Biden declared death over this winter, what he declared was death over himself. He will not last the winter. When I was talking to the Lord about that, I didn't know how to feel about that because, forgive me, but in some ways I'd rather be ruled by stupidity than what would come after. But I don't know what that means. I do know God is going to dismantle the leadership of this country because it is a leadership that has no right to be there. It is a leadership that was installed by themselves. A leadership that was installed by corruption. God will remove that leadership because it is not what he ordained. He will put in what he ordained. I have no idea how. I have no idea what that means. Because I do know that Donald Trump was ordained for that purpose. But even Donald Trump has a choice. That's why so many prophets now are saying pray for him. And I want to urge you to pray for him. Pray for his strength because 
I'll be honest with you, if I put myself in his shoes, why would you want to take on that trouble? There's only one reason that would compel him to take on that trouble. And that is the Holy Spirit. That's what you need to pray. You need to pray the Holy Spirit to compel him. Pray for an experience for him to have with the Holy Spirit. I don't know his current situation. I believe he knows the Lord, certainly. I don't know if he hears God's voice. I don't know if he even recognizes that's a possibility. I do know that we need to pray for the voices that he does listen to, specifically the human voices around him. Because God has something very very different in mind. God has something very different planned. And the way that this nation goes is the way that the world will go. So the fight is here. The bride needs to stand up all over the world and pray. See, what are our weapons of warfare? Air 15? No. Our weapons of warfare are unified prayer. We have to be unified together as a bride in prayer for God to do his will. Do you know you don't even have to know his will to pray for his will? You simply pray, Lord, I pray for your will. I give my yes to your will. I give my agreement in this realm for you to do your will in this realm. Now, by the way, as you seek him, guess what? He's going to tell you his will. He's going to show you his will. He's going to unite you with people that know his will. Because his desire is for us to pray together in unity for these things. I do pray in agreement with what he has said about this administration. I just want his will. And I want to encourage you guys. Not only be in prayer to, you know, when when you're in your own prayer closet, but be on the calls. Be on the unified calls where we are praying together. There is something power powerful about that. There is power in praying together. I know on the prayer calls, and Alexis and I are on there almost every night. And nights where we have a lot of people on there, they're extraordinary nights. You see things happen, and it makes you wonder, well, okay, why, God, didn't you just hear me? Can't you just hear me when it's me? Yeah, he can, and he does. But there is a power in that unification. There is a power in bringing the bride together. That's why Satan has been able to do what he has been able to do for a long time. Because the bride is not together. She is not one voice. Wow, she's not even like five voices. She's like 500 voices. It's ridiculous. 
It's, it's almost like you can go to a different church to choose the God that you want to serve. And they all claim to serve the same God. How messed up is that? That's messed up. It makes no sense. And I'm not talking about squabbling over doctrine. More than anything, it's usually squabbling over control. How sad is that? But it's the unified prayer of the bride coming together that makes a difference in all of this. We have seen it. We've had these prayer calls we, from the very beginning. Ask Wendy. From the very beginning, this church has been a church foundationed by prayer. Always has been, always will be. Because those are the weapons of our warfare. Those are literally the power that God gives us in our request before the creator of the universe. I mean, it's just, we must not realize the importance of that. Because prayer so often becomes just kind of a, a piece that we do because we say we're supposed to do it. Oh God, and then you kind of go down your list. Man, prayer is conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with your best friend that you just don't want it to stop? That's what prayer is supposed to be. Prayer is not something that is just a one-way track. That's why relationship is two ways. That's why if you don't believe that God can speak to you, oh man, you're missing 99% of what he has for you. Prayer is a two-way street. So often when you get on, you'll, you'll hear people that, that begin and they'll say, Lord, Lord, I just want to pray your heart. Show, show me what you want me to pray. And then they start praying. And guess what happens? Lord shows them his heart and they pray. And people pray in unity with them. I remember so many times in the early parts of this, just the last few years, where we would pray together as a team, as a church, on these prayer calls, and we would, and usually about the nation, usually about what was going on, and we would literally see an answer to that prayer the next day, or within a couple of days. I, time and time again, we have seen that happen. We have seen God move because of the request of his people. Because, see, guess what? To God, it's we the people too. Who's he listened to? Joe Biden? Joe Biden, got, Joe Biden doesn't listen to Joe Biden. Who's he listened to? He listens to his children. That's who the we the people are supposed to be. We the people. How about we the church? How about we the bride? We proclaim this nation for what it was intended to be from the very beginning. Now, does this mean God's going to wipe out this nation? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe that. What I do believe is that God is going to bring this nation to what it was always intended to be. Do you know this nation has never 
achieve that? From the very beginning, Satan went in to infiltrate the leadership of this country from the very beginning. And I won't go down that road right now, but there's so much evidence of that. So much evidence, and and things started to get off. And just like how Satan does, he doesn't turn something 90 degrees or 180 degrees. He turns something two degrees. So you don't notice that it's being turned. And you just keep turning, keep turning, keep turning. Now all of a sudden you're supposed to be going this way, and you're going this way as a nation. That's what's happened. Now, I find it interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm 57, and I look at my life and see what happened all the way up through even my young and middle adulthood is nothing compared literally to what has happened in the last 10 years. <laughs> I mean, it, for some of you young people, you may not understand that. But what has been ramped up in the last 10 years has been astronomical in comparison. The control that Satan is trying to take over this country has ramped up. And, and, and I, don't, I don't mean for this all to be this. I even said, Lord, you know, is this supposed to be some political speech this morning? But I got to tell you what, he doesn't differentiate the two. He doesn't at all. Because this is what he's doing. I did ask him for a scripture. (laughs) We'll see. It was interesting where he took me. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what he has with that. So much of the heart of the leaders in this country, the Lord has shown me. And and like I said, the feeling that I had was rage. But then he showed me other people. He showed me you guys. He showed me the youth here at this church. And the feeling was very different. There was hope. There was love. There was a future. And especially the youth in here this morning, don't be discouraged. Please don't be discouraged. You are part of something extraordinary. You are going to be privileged in seeing the hand of God move in ways that has never been seen on this earth. And we're in that time. I've been saying this for a long time, things that are coming, but I want to tell you, we're not in a time of transition. We've been through that time. The world is still certainly making choices. The bride is still making choices. But choices have been made. We're now 
in a time of God's hand moving. Don't be afraid of what's coming. Don't be afraid of the death that is coming because it is coming. It is coming quickly. You will start hearing about it all over. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of yourself being exposed to any of that. Because God is doing this, not the enemy. God is allowing his army to come in and bring a cleansing to this nation for this nation to be what it was to be in the first place. And what he needs from us is endurance. What he needs from us is hope. Because this world is going to seem like a very dark place for people who do not know the Lord or people who do not know his voice or his love. I'm going to take you to the reference he gave me. Turn to Isaiah chapter 26. He actually took me two places, but I'm going to read this one first. Isaiah 26, verse 20. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed upon it and will no more cover its slain. What has been hidden will no longer be hidden. What has been taken advantage of by the leadership of this country will no longer be allowed. Watch what happens over the next few months. Because the Lord will bring this, but they will take further control. Rest assured, they will take further control. They will continue to try. It's like in their DNA or something. I don't know, because they refuse to see what the Lord would have. They refuse to acknowledge him even as Lord. But don't be afraid of what's coming. Stand up and be strong in what's coming. Have a voice. God will give us a voice. But he's going to give us something more. And this is, this is what will break the back of the enemy. See, to this time... And if you want reference on this, you go to Revelation chapter 3. You can, there, there are several references about the lack of power in the bride. That there is not this power. And what power is it talking about? It's talking about the power of the hand of God moving in the miraculous that's not been in the bride. There, there's little splashes of it here and there, and, and we cling to that because we want to believe, we desire to believe, and that's good. But there is a power coming that he will disperse 
to whom he chooses. But that power will be unlike anything this world has seen because Jesus promised that. Jesus said, I go before the Father. How much more will you do? We have not seen those days yet, but have faith and be excited those days are coming. I can't tell you I know what that looks like. I have all kinds of guesses, all kinds of visions that he gives me regarding it. But know that his power is going to accompany our yes. He's going to empower his bride as we stand up and as we do what's right. Because we are coming into a season of death. What, what did Biden call it? The winter, of winter of death. Winter of death. You know, which stinks because I really love winter. I'm so excited that we've already had two snowfalls this year. I'm, I'm waiting for that big 24-incher. I know people are like, no. No work yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, my, my daughter goes to school online, okay? They literally gave her a snow day on Monday. She goes online. I, I don't understand that. But whatever. I mean, that's awesome. That's good. <laughs> so we made her get out and shuffle the snow. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm kidding. But, but be filled with hope. Because this, this winter of death is nothing you have to be afraid of. Oh, my goodness. Please, certainly not the unvaxxed. Okay, this has nothing to do with... with well, actually, maybe it does have something to do with with unvaxxed, but but unvaxxed is your safety. Amen. Just believe me. It is what you allow in your life in a lack of faith that will destroy you. If you have been vaccinated, ask forgiveness. Understand what that is. Understand what, what you are giving into in that fear. But then when you ask forgiveness, don't worry about it anymore. Because guess what? You're forgiven. You're forgiven, but walk boldly. You know what? We should maybe have cards produced that are unvaccinated cards. Uh, can I see your vax card? Yes, here. It says unvaccinated, right? I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going to get shut down because of it. We're scheduled, my family, to leave for Nigeria on the 24th. Now, the beauty is I don't think Nigeria will require it because they prefer the people. They prefer the income. I don't know. The, the, the trouble is maybe coming back into the country. Of which we're citizens of. The we, the people. That's where we have the trouble. That's kind of sad. So, Alex, come on up. I am going to suggest this and end with this. That it's time the church, it's time this church, not just a few of us, but all of us, 
it's time we unite our voice in prayer and we use the weapons of our warfare that we've been given. Because they are what? To tear down strongholds. You want to tear this government down? You want to tear down the unrighteousness that has taken over that capital? Which, which by the way, is no longer we the people's building. The capital will be demolished. And just for the record, I am not going to go demolish it. Just make that very clear. God is. You're going to know it's God. It'll be the same time he brings down the Washington Monument. But just believe in what God is saying and pray in unity together. I, I say it every week, but I'm really going to push this beyond the calls. Beyond the calls. It's, it's 40 minutes a night. Beyond the calls. And why? Just so you can check off that you did your good deed? No. Because your purified walk before God adds that authority in the group. When we have a group of us praying in the authority and power of Jesus Christ, you have to know that's what brings down the strongholds. That's what brings the power that he promised. By the way, that power is not only power of life. It will also be the power of death. Because it will be yielded by God. So let's pray together. Be on the calls and let's unify together. Come on. And sorry, there was another scripture, but it basically said the same thing. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, go ahead and pull up Hebrews 12. I would be remiss if I didn't share this scripture that the Lord placed on my heart so heavy at the beginning. This is the comparison that the writer of Hebrews is making as to when Moses came off of um, the mountain and they were overwhelmed with the intensity of it. Um, so I'm going to start in verse 18, and I'm in the ESV, so if, you, if you're in that. For you have not come to what may be touched, the comparison to, to us here, you, to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. That right there shows the shallowness of their walk with the Lord. Um, but for they could not, verse 20, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. And this is talking about because he's so holy. God is so holy. Verse 21, indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels. In the festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. 
So the comparison here. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. They could not handle the power and the glory of God. Moses got to experience it. He trembled because God is holy, but he didn't shrink back from it. At that time, verse 26, at that time his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, yet once more will I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Oh, let us therefore... Uh, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship, which, by the way, is our entire person, presenting our bodies holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. I don't know about you, but... The holiness of God is intimidating, but not to where I want to shrink back. I'm drawn to it. There is something so awesome and so special. And when you're walking right and when you're holy with the Lord, you don't have to fear the retribution. You know, I'm one of eight siblings. And I remember at home when um, there was something that happened in the house, something broke or somebody decided to poke holes in uh, uh, the piano bench, uh, like with a pen, holes in the leather. And it was my mother's precious pride and joy. And so it was like looking at these holes. Okay, who did it? One by one, figuring it out. I remember thinking, okay, the fear of the Lord is in me now with my parents being upset that this act took place. But I didn't do it. So I'm good. I really was in awe of the fact that their discipline and their righteous anger over this act that had been done that was wrong. I mean, we knew, man, when that piano entered the house, that was a big deal for my parents. But I didn't have to have the fear and trembling because I had done anything wrong. I knew. I knew I was clean. And it was found out that my older brother did it. But anyway... There was never real, there's a lot of debate, though, among the siblings now as to who actually did. I think they changed, somebody changed their story through the years. But my point is, the fear of the Lord is not going to be, the terror of the Lord does not need to be on the pure. When we're walking in that kind of abiding step with the Lord, you know, you can be in his holiness and be securely wrapped in his love. And, and so... These ominous things that are coming, like Greg said, we don't have to be afraid because the glory of God is found in some pretty intense, really intense things. Read the word of God when it comes to his glory. Do a word search and a study on the glory of God and what, what it does, what God did to show his glory. It was pretty amazing, some of the things. And so these times are exciting because remember, when the wicked are removed, those the wicked are oppressing are then set free. So God hears the cries of the people that desire him, that need him, that are looking to him. And he's going to remove the oppressors. 
Jesus came and said, I came to set the captives free. He came, he paved the way for us to be victorious. And the bride has not been listening. And um, sadly, we're in this mess because we, we haven't known our authority. We talked about that downstairs this morning with the women is, you know, do you know who you are? Do you know the authority that you walk in, that Jesus paid for you to walk in? If we had operated from the beginning in that knowing, by faith, understanding of who we are in Christ, because of him, not because of us, there wouldn't be room for all this evil to rise. There would be no void to fill. It would just be truth, and truth alone reigning. And so that's why judgment begins in the house of the Lord first. Because shame on us who carry the authority, who have not taken Jesus. Go ye into all the world, Jesus said to his disciples, and preach the gospel to every creature. We have not done that. We have not had that charge. It's been in pockets. And that's why you'll hear different people say, this is not a revival that's about to take place. This is a harvest. This is something very different. Revival is in pockets. There's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God um, that we've never seen before. But when the Holy Spirit is poured out, the darkness does tremble. And it will be dealt with because it cannot reside with holiness. So, so again, don't misunderstand there is, um, and, and I love the word that the Lord gave Bryn a couple of weeks ago when she came up at the end of the service. You know, when you're walking with no fear of, of living a life not close to God, when you know you're close to the Lord, the awakening will be a great awakening. If you're not, it will be a rude awakening. And that can be a, a, a jolt that I know for me I would not want to go through. So, um, so let's pray, and I hope that you'll heed uh, today. And, and I, I just cannot... I cannot uh, stop giving my, my intense, passionate, verbal agreement that when you are talking about what God has ordained in this nation, there is not a distinction between a church message and talking about what God wants to do in this nation and in this, in this world. So to, to make some distinction that it's political, uh, we need to get our heads and our paradigms straight because this was the word of God released this morning. Okay, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for this nation that was established because of the hunger of hearts that desired you, that desired the um, freedom to worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, we have not seen what you fully have desired for this nation to be. And so, God, I pray in agreement with your will to be done, that your will would be done on this earth, in the United States of America, as it has been destined and planned in heaven. So, Father God, we ask you do your will, that you do shake all things that can be shaken. And we thank you, God, that because of Jesus, we have an unshakable kingdom that we are already citizens of in Christ Jesus. And I pray, God, that anyone hearing my voice right now, here in person or online or on the podcast, God, that if they've not accepted you, Lord Jesus, into their heart, if they've not asked Jesus to be their Savior and for, ask for forgiveness of their sin and, and, and just given their heart to you, Lord Jesus, I pray they would do it today. God, not just for a ticket to heaven, God, but for something so much more beautiful and big that begins right now. Because I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have planned for those who believe and trust you now and upon salvation. I thank you for that, God. We don't have to wait for this glorious relationship when we're only in our glorified bodies, God. But by faith, we can have it now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, let us 
stir up our most holy faith for those kinds of truths to just be, just to thrill us. God, let those things never become dull in our hearts. What you paid for, Lord Jesus, is so amazing, God. I just thank you for the gospel and for the power and truth of it. Let us stand firm, God. Let us not forsake what you are saying and speaking to us, God. Because again, in a, even in our greatest weakness, you are our strength, Father. I just pray this morning your bride would walk in the truth that we can do all things. No matter what you're asking of us, Lord. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I thank you, God, and I praise you, and I worship you. Drive this word home in our hearts today, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.